Hello, welcome to a Veterans Drinking Vodka production of Article 15. Here at Article 15, we are attempting to bring both awareness and an end to 22 veterans committing suicide every day. We speak to everyday veterans with everyday issues for vets acclimating back into civilian life. Today, we have Tim Sears, United States Marine Corps, served from 07 to 2011. Tim deployed to Iraq back in 2009. He was uh, stationed over at El Assad. Welcome to part two of this two-part series. Join us as United States Marine Corps Corporal Tim Sears explains to us how he returned from his deployment to find a new unit and how the unit as well as the chain of command failed him as he attempted to get his mental health in order. Well, I see a therapist. She does know that I see her. That's good. <laughs> she knows that you're there. <laughs> we, we, we see, I see this therapist. And to tank top, somebody hit me up. Oh, girl, you, you got to get yourself Valkyrie. You got to get yourself a tank top red baby. Remember everybody deployed. Hell yeah. It's a uh, merch link is in bio. That is my little sales pitch. Anyways, what, what, what's that trend uh, going on? The RIP uh, red. Yeah, RED. no, no. Remember, remember yeah, everyone deployed the, uh, the, the little TikTok trend that's going on the, the, the RIP, the, the fucking anyway. Sorry, I don't ADD. Know. But that that's the thing. We we don't know what these and they say that the brain is not fully developed till you're 25. So imagine being 18 years old, you go 0300 infantry, you do, joined in the in the wake of 9/11 so that you can go and fight some fucking Arabs, you know what I mean? And I don't mean to make that sound like a bad thing, but in our in our mental state at 9/11, I don't know where you were, but I remember where the fuck I was. I, I was, um, I, I was watching it on fucking TV and said, hell yeah, I'm a fucking get in there and I'm gonna do my job. And I joined the Navy. So, uh, <laughs> I was, I was worried. I was gonna, they were going to bring up the draft and send me off to fucking wherever the hell we were fighting people. So I joined that fucking sailor crew. So we, uh, um, the Navy. Hell yeah, dude. While we drop you motherfuckers off, we're off. Hey, you're a very good taxi service. Uh, very, hell, hell yeah, man! I, you're welcome. Always, We're, I, taxis, we don't do taxis no more, motherfucker. We do I'm sorry, Uber. All right, I was about you to bring say, your I'm own like, alcohol. We'll give you the ride. <laughs> we did, we and you did. <laughs> hell yeah, man! Don't ever. I'm gonna tell you right now. I I, I watch all this mill talk and all these guys on the on the uh, internet make fun of the navy or the the gavy, however <laughs> they want to call it, whatever shit, man. Listen, we are the only branch in the United States military that has drinking in their fight song, just so you all know, because we like to go to the ports, get fucked up, hook up with chicks, and then go and pick you up, pick you up right where we dropped you off six months later. I always I always loved I always loved shooting the shit with Doc. <laughs> he always had these fucking quips, man. He's like, uh, you know what? We were in dress one time, in dress uniform one time, and uh, you know that uh that that button up. I don't know what the Navy calls it. Uh, the button up part, the white thing that goes, that has buttons on both sides of the, the front. And, and you got that little white piece of cloth or whatever that's underneath it. What are you talking about? I have no idea what I'm talking about. Anyway, uh, it, it, it's a, it's a part of the Navy uniform. 
and a uh, white piece of cloth underneath it. Ah, fuck. I'm probably fucking this up. I think and- you picked somebody up in San Diego that wasn't <laughs> part of the Navy. <laughs> so a- anyway, uh, just pretend I know what the fuck I'm talking about, but clearly <laughs> I don't. <laughs> pretend I'm in the Marine Corps. For a <laughs> just, just pretend. Anyway, th- there's this fucking shit. <laughs> you almost said there's this guy. <laughs> there's there's this piece of fucking cloth that's on the fucking uniform. Regardless, is here's the point of the fucking story I'm trying to make. <laughs> uh, he we were going back and forth. We were giving each other shit. And he's like, you know what they call this? I'm like, no, what do they call it? Like I was genuinely interested. He's like, it's a marine napkin. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, after you get done blowing me, you can wipe your mouth off with it. I'm like, you fucking fuck you, Doc. <laughs> Where, I'm assuming it hangs off the back of the, the collar. No, it, it's right on the fucking front. I God damn, I'm going to fucking Google this shit. I you go ahead and Google whatever you'd like to, because I have no idea what you're talking about. God. Anyways. Anyway, yeah. So um, I'll, I'll do that later. So <laughs> off this you topic. did this convoy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, rolling through yeah. the cities and stuff like that. You saw the little girl, man. I mean, yeah. I, and again, we talked about what this mental state could put you in, but it, mm-hmm. it, uh, where so, you're at mentally, that that's something else that, you know, n- normal people don't think to themselves, like, I'm possibly going to have to put a hole in this little girl. Because yeah. she might be holding the trigger to an IED. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's that's not a normal thought. So I, I'm, I just want to make yeah. sure that, you know, yeah. we talk about this, you and I, and that that's, that's not a normal thought. This is yeah. you as a Marine is going through your head that this little girl might be holding the detonator to an IED. And here's the thing. I don't even know how I would have uh, actually accomplished it if I needed to, because like I said, I'm in this uh, seven ton and it's got this armor plate before me and it's got this little bit of flap. Right. And I don't know how, if I, if I needed to have done it, I don't know how I would have done it like physically. <laughs> like, I don't think I would have been yeah. able to like in, in actuality, but that was going through my head. W- what a lot of people don't understand is the, the isolation that you can feel on deployment, even though you're surrounded by everybody, you know, yeah. you're, you, you you get this this the boredom I talked about earlier it, it can it can fester in in some people and uh, you know you you throw yourself into your work and you get that tunnel vision and if you have God forbid you have any issues going on at home compounds the issues that you're already feeling. yeah now how old were you while you were deployed oh fuck uh, I don't how old am I now thirty three I joined when I was nineteen. 20, like 21 22 ish somewhere in there somebody yeah. can do the math i was born in 87 december deployed 09 <laughs> anyway so I, I say that stuff about the isolation and stuff because i i had this uh i had this corporal uh he he worked in the head shed the coc and uh, okay so for those who don't know what the head shed is let's please go ahead and tell people what the head shed is yeah it's not yeah. what you think yeah no the- <laughs> i wish it was 
No, uh, the the headshed isn't a place for uh, for for pleasure, and it's not a place for uh, getting your like a mental health area. Okay, it, continuing it's, on. It, it it's what we uh it, it's what we call the uh uh the, the command center. It's the there you it's, go. It's where all the uh all the top brass are for the battalion. So anyway, that's that's where I worked at. That's where I started my day. And then I'd walk up the road to my little warehouse to where we kept mail and everything. This guy I worked with, he, he was, he was having some issues at home. And then, uh, our CEO was riding his ass real hard because he forgot to return a remote to the AC, that, that little shit, you know, he, he was riding his ass real fucking hard, uh, making him work late hours and, there was this little tool shed right next to the COC that we converted into a little poker den. Me and another corporal, I wasn't a corporal at the time, but I, my buddy that worked in S2 was a corporal. We were out in that shed playing poker with a couple other guys. Old boy comes out and he's talking. I'm, I'm looking at my hand. I've got a winning hand finally. <laughs> or at least I think I do. And, and I'm paying attention to the game and he, he's talking and it's kind of in my peripheral, like, wah, 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 wah. I, I look up and the corporal I'm playing poker with, it got this look on his face. I'm like, what? I'm like, did he say what I think he fucking said? I'm like, I honestly don't know what he said. He's like, I think he said he was going to go fucking do something to the CEO. And then, you know, we'll, we'll leave it at that. We, we get up and we go in and we check and sure fucking shit he's got his rifle fucking click click freaking my buddy he uh he grabs just instantaneously fucking like that he grabs it away from him rips it out of his hands and i step in and i push him back and he digs his hands into me i'm like what the fuck's going on calm down what the hell's going on yeah and he, he lost his shit man he, he 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 lost his shit and we we get him calmed down and so he's we, pointing a rifle at the CO. No, the the he the CO's at the other end of the building. We we intercepted him like as soon as he fucking picked his shit up. I and uh he's fucking I I got him fucking eye contact and he he's gone, you know. He's He's not there, man. He he ain't fucking there. And he's digging his arm his nails into my forearms cuz I got him by the forearms and kind of like that that grasp. Yeah, I got and, you. And he's like drawing blood on me, man. I'm like, calm down, man. Look, chill. You know, I'm, I'm trying to talk this guy down. We, we finally get him calmed down and we get the staff in there. And uh, it, it wasn't, they did, they did good by him. They did real good by him. They sent him off to corporal's course, got him out of the situation, you know, got him calmed down, got him the time to, to decompress or whatever the hell. And, uh, but they were like, they looked at us and they're like, you guys keep your mouth just fucking shut. This never fucking happened. You didn't see shit. Nothing happened. I was like, that kind of went without saying, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, yeah. and it, it it was like, hey, you know, how about a Hey, good job, guys. You know, you, you, you did good. None of that. But, you know, a, anyway, that that was kind of fucked up. Amber and Amanda here. We want to tell you about our good friends over at Scale Executive Search. Scale Executive Search is a veteran-owned and operated executive search firm serving aerospace, tech, and startups. 
they've managed to set themselves apart by not only understanding the job market, but also ensuring their candidates and clients are invested in not only their careers, but also themselves and their families. So we get back from, from deployment. I'm having issues. Like I, I, I don't know at this point in time, I'm, I'm having uh, like uh, depression issues and like, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. And I'm like, I didn't see anything. We didn't do anything. I wasn't in combat. Why the fuck am I feeling this way? And my back's starting to fucking hurt like hell. Fucking hurt. Killing Not me. service Every- related. Yeah. Said yeah. VA. Well, that, that's what they say. So my back's killing me every day. I'm waking up and freaking just everything hurts. I'm feeling like shit physically and mentally. And I'm, I'm in the maintenance bay one day and I just, I just fucking break down, man. I just fucking start crying for no fucking reason in my mind. No reason. And, uh, I fucking, I'm talking to, I don't know, staff sergeant gunny. I, I don't know who the hell I was talking to at that point, but somebody of rank I was talking to, I, I finally, uh, they had this, uh, program offer thing where you could go outside base and see a civilian, uh, therapist. It, it, it was like a fucking coupon, man. They're like, you get five free visits. That's, I mean, that beats nothing though. Yeah, no, it does. It, it, it ain't nothing. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't nothing, but you know, it ain't enough. So I, I took advantage of that and it was, it was like instantaneous, man. You know, every safety brief that you go to, it's like, if you need help, go get help. If you need help, go get help. If you need help, go get help. And I needed help and I went to get help. And then a switch got flipped. You know, I, I went from, I went from a four, seven, four, six pro, uh, pro and con proficiency in conduct to like a fucking, uh, three fucking something, three something. Uh, it, it's a scale from, from, uh, like zero to five for, okay. for both. And, uh, like average is four or something like that. But anyway, I, I, I went from four, seven, four, six, like I fucking good at my job. I, I got good attitude to, uh, I'm eh, at my job and I got a shit attitude apparently, which now adds extra stress. Yeah. And it, it just, uh, at this point I, I got, I got labeled as a malingerer and a shit bird. And, you know, it just started that downhill spiral because when, when we got back, like everybody that we, I deployed with, it seemed either, either processed out, went to a different battalion or, or just wasn't around anymore. So now you're 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 with pretty much a whole new crew, right? Yeah. You're coming back from deployment. You're 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 seeking some type of mental health, which we have been taught, like go and do it. If you need to talk to somebody, talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're catching these bad evals off of going and seeking mental health. And well, this new crew is seeing you as a significant problem. Like this dude is fucking whacked. Fuck this dude. Of course it's young Marines. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all giving you dirty looks like you ain't strong enough. You shouldn't even be in my core. Mm-hmm. And you're just sitting there like, I'm just trying to finish my time. And you have nobody on your side. Yeah. Uh, and that's how, that, that, that's how it felt, man. And uh, I, I finally, 
I finally got sent back to my original platoon. Like something in my head, when I got back, they they just kept me in the mailroom. I'm like, I'm coming up on almost my, almost more time do, being a male fucking person than what I actually joined the Marine Corps for. Yeah. And and I fucking lose it, man. I I start fucking getting real shitty with my uh, gunny. I don't know. She didn't understand or something. I'm like, look, I was promised when I got back that I'd get to go back to my original battalion, uh, my original platoon, you know, and, and in my mind, it's like, if I can just get back to my original platoon, everything will be all right. You know, everything will get back to normal. I'll, I'll stop feeling like shit. And uh, quite honestly, it just made shit worse. And uh, you did go back. Yeah. I ended up, I ended up going back to my original platoon and it was just the, the same shit, different story, all new faces, like a uh, very few people that were there that I'd recognized. And, uh, and you know, I, I finally, I finally pick up corporal. They, and through, through, now I thought you were corporal through the deployment. No, I was a Lance corporal through deployment E3. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I pick up corporal after deployment and, uh, they, they did not want me picking up corporal. Cause I, I was going through this stuff as a Lance, like right at my end part of being a Lance corporal, I, I, I started going through this, this shit and they did not want me picking up corporal at all. Like, uh, and they, they even, they even went as far as to do a uh, peer review board, uh, which I'd never seen anybody have to go through before me or after me. They, yeah. they put like a couple of us corporals together or potential corporals together and made us do a uh, close order drill, uh, uniform inspection, uh, locker inspection and an interview. And I ain't never seen it before and I never saw it after. And then I, I pass it, I pass it and they're like, well, shit. So I, I asked my, uh, I asked my gunnery sergeant, which was my staff sergeant during tank school. I'm like, hey, would you would you care to pin me on? Like, I got mad respect for this guy. He he's a beast. He was like, yeah, sure. And then we get to the uh, the the ceremony, the the promotion ceremony, and uh, our our platoon officer comes by, and I'm like, I'd like a uh, gunny to pin me on. And he's like, we don't do that. I'm like, what? And he's like, uh, he's like, we don't we we only. We only do that for, uh, for sergeant and staff. I'm like, I saw two days ago, some dude's wife pin him on PFC. What the, the, the hell? Yeah. I don't say this. So, <clears throat> so one, that's, that's one of the things with, with, and it's heartbreaking. And I I've been subject the, the offender in a lot of these times in which you hear about somebody shitting on another person for lack of a better term. Yeah. I, I've been that guy. I, I've done that to people where they're a shipbird and I don't mean to call you a shipbird or anything I, like no, that. That's fine. I, I've not been very educated on mental health. I'm still not. <laughs> I'm still for, for other than what I have been taught through my own therapy. I am not a mental health professional, even mm -hmm. close so when I see it now, when I see somebody who is in the same spot now that I am in, I try to sympathize and empathize and be part of a 
solution other than a problem. Mm -hmm. However, when it came to those who could not cope in the military, let me tell you, we distance ourselves from them. We treat that person as though they have the black plague and we want nothing to do with them. This has been going on for centuries. Let me say though, the military, there are those who are now changing the yeah. military is changing. There are those who are fighting to change it to help those who do have mental health uh, issues. There are those who are making sure it becomes a priority, but there's there are those who are saying that, no, they don't belong in. Yes, I will agree. There are those who do not belong in the military. There are those who have beyond reasonable of a doubt Uh, issues that need to be processed out so that they can get the mental health that they need. Mm -hmm. We do not need people who, who have either gone through too much trauma or seen too much trauma in which they cannot go through a regular, just one day without having some type of issue that, that, that hinders the job that hinders the process of those Marines soldiers, sailors, or airmen getting better at what they do, it it hinders the team becoming stronger. Mm -hmm. If you are processed out, you are processed out and it's for the best. It's not anything personal. It is business because that's what the military is. It is a fucking business. If you cannot, if you can't go one day without anxiety medication, if you can't go a day without, you know, hearing seeing shit i'm not saying that it's a a terrible thing every person deals with shit their own way and i'm not saying you're less of a human what i'm saying is that you need to find the help that you need it is critical not for the military it is critical for you as a human being so that you can go on because these guys are coming back they are 19 and older coming back from the middle east after a deployment and are not able to cope I am 37 years old. I have five deployments on my own. I have seen done shit, stuff that I'm not proud of, stuff that I have to live with. And you're talking somebody like such as a Marine, an 0300, 11 Bravo, Special Forces. These guys go in at the age of 18, like in in, in the mental state of an 18-year-old joining the the, the the infantry will say whatever branch you you go through boot camp we'll just say on their birthday they have like their birthday celebration the following day they leave before they are 19 they are deployed mm-hmm. they are forward operating they are outside of fo- uh, forward operating bases they are out there doing god's work as we call it and then they are coming back by the time they're 19 years old and they have seen and done shit that their buddies and friends that family have never even fathomed doing in all their lives. So you, you imagine you go on a deployment, you get a, we'll say a two week, you know, leave and they come home right after two, after going through, I don't know what the army does nowadays. I don't know what the Marine Corps most are, I think kind of acclimating to six months. But imagine sitting, living in a mud hut in the middle of fucking nowhere, Afghanistan or Iraq, and you're holding this one post. 
the only thing that's holding you between you and and the Taliban and and ISIS and whatever other extremists that are out there is some Constantine wire or razor wire, whatever the fuck you want to call it. A couple of Humvees and shit. You're holding this fob that Ford operating base down so that you guys can hold this one area. And you know that you have to keep your head on a swivel. You have to you have to do all these different things. These guys are 19 years old trying to cope with this shit coming home. And it, it, it's it's the roughest thing. And people think like, oh, oh that guy's fucked. Like, no shit. He's not getting any mental help. Just like you, you go for help. I got another soldier that I know. He's active duty still. And they call it behavioral mm-hmm. or some shit like behavioral that. Behavioral health. Behavioral health. Yeah, that sounds fucking great. Behavior. Well, when I hear behavioral, it means you're a fuck up to begin with. Hmm. Okay. If it's called behavioral health and you're going to see these people and they're supposed to be HIPAA law and keeping it to themselves. Somehow, I don't think that that's always working out. Um, and then you come back from this, this behavioral health and everybody already knows what you're at. Mm -hmm. which means they know that you're a head case, which means they know that all this shit is going on. Their imagination runs wild. Everybody looks at you like your fucking third eye or a second dick in case you want a second dick. That's fine. Have a second dick, but it's not a normal thing. So that's why everybody's looking at you where, but this is the shit that people who go for help mental health wise look like. Mm-hmm. Everybody looks at you like you're a fucking plague and they want to distance your, themselves from you and you're isolated completely. And then once you are like, fuck it, I'm out of this military. Fuck this shit. Everybody turn their backs on me. We would like to give a huge thanks to Rafa 180. Rafa 180 offers pure medicinal CBD and products made locally. They walk alongside individuals to achieve a healthy lifestyle with options needed by each person. You can learn more about them on Facebook at Rafa CBD, their website www.rafa180.com or email at rafacbd at gmail.com. They truly believe your journey matters. And then you wind up getting out. And what happens once you get out? All right. So uh, just uh, just real quick, uh, th- this is the uh, the the downward spiral is what what happened. So my back's messed up. I I go get MRIs and shit, and uh, they they tell me I got all this fucked up discs and and all this crap. And then uh, my my HM one, which was a real good guy, had my back on a lot of shit. He he processed out, and then we get this new chief, and he was fucking that mindset like, oh, you're just a malinger. You're just trying to get out of work. He he did not have my back at all. And he's like, you know, if you MRI 90 people, they'd, they'd come back with all the same stuff and it's not an issue for them. I'm like, well, it's a fucking issue for me. So I start, I start seeing this on base, uh, psychiatrist when my off base stuff ran out and, uh, she put me in for a uh, wounded warrior battalion. Uh, they had a detachment on 29 palms. I'm like, well, I don't really feel like I should be going there for PTSD. I'd, I would rather go there for my back. She's like, well, they'll help you with your back there too. I'm like, okay. So I got processed to uh, wounded warrior battalion. And this is like at the end of my enlistment, man. Like, I, I don't think I even have like a year left at this point. And uh, I'm there and it, it's super laid back. Yeah, it, it's super laid back. I, uh, 
they they pretty much say to me that uh look you're you're an nco but don't be putting anybody at parade rest here and i, I was like all right yeah no i i got you i got you it was kind of rough man it was uh th- there was guys there that i was like fuck man i don't i i don't belong here like like they they're dealing with like uh killing people and shit and i'm like look man i i just want to be here to get help with my back and it's it's (laughs) and and they don't think they 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 immediately label me as uh as like not not deserving to be there and uh fucking so i already i i come in with with this uh with this label of of not supposed to being there like like this place is full of like oh threes and shit right but wounded wounded warrior battalion is is a great thing like it it was a real good idea but i think that they needed to have like separation by degree because they they threw me into this detachment and it was just full of full of these people these guys that were uh way worse off in my mind than than i thought i was they looked at me like what the fuck are you doing here you don't you don't need to be here and and i'm trying to explain to them like look i'm here for my back and but the paperwork says ptsd i'm like what the fuck what do you mean it didn't even mention my fucking back in it i'm like okay uh well that's kind of shitty but anyway so so i'm getting these real bad vibes like i'm gonna get fucked and you know i kind of push it off as paranoia like now you're just being paranoid just calm down relax but then we go down to this uh this welcome home vietnam vet event down in palm springs and uh real good thing they they did this big old uh dinner and welcome home to a bunch of vietnam vets we went down there as a group and we were with a staff sergeant and our staff sergeant got blitzed. He got drunk as shit. Good. Yeah. And I was talking with him and he's, he, he kind of, he said that, uh, yeah, there's this, there's this jackass coming here. That was a, a fucking mail clerk and, and we're going to get him. He, he don't belong here. I'm like, Oh yeah. Staff sergeant. Really? That, that's, that's cool. Tell me more. <laughs> I'm fucking talking about me. And sure, sure as shit, they fucking got me, man. And at this point, I'm on, I'm on uh, narcotic pain meds for my back, and I'm fucking, I'm popping these shits like they're fucking candy, man. And so mentally, mentally, I'm not there, and mentally, I'm not there. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, I don't have that fucking quick wit that I had. Like everything's fucking dulled. So. I go home on leave. They, they let me fucking drive from California to Illinois. They're like, oh, this is a good uh, idea. Illinois. Uh, Illinois is where my mother ended up. Uh, she's a, she was a travel nurse and she kind of ended up in Illinois. I like that you say ended up because nobody decides to live here. <laughs> this is a horrible place. If anybody is like, hey, let's go to Illinois, which has Chicago. Go ahead and find another state. You know what? Tennessee. Go to Tennessee. Tennessee. That's a wonderful place. Go to Tennessee or Kentucky. You know what? Go to Iraq. It's better than Illinois. (laughs) I promise you. It's a way better place. 
So anyway, they, they let me go home for Christmas leave. They let me fucking drive. I'm on these fucking narcotics and they're like, oh, this is a good idea. Go for it. <laughs> it sounds about right. Yeah. I drive all the way from uh, California to Illinois. And the next day I'm in Walmart and I get a call and uh, it's my staff sergeant. He's like, you need to get your fucking ass back here right now. I'm like, what? He's like, your room's a fucking mess and you need to get the fuck back right, right now. The, uh, the CEO went through. It's the little things. Yeah. He's like, uh, he's like the CEO went through and he saw it was full of beer cans and shit. And in, in wounded warrior, you're not allowed to have alcohol for obvious reasons. Yeah. The, the day I checked in, we were going through and introducing everybody. I was with my staff, with the staff sergeant and, uh, we opened the door to, uh, these, uh, Oh, three guys' room beers in hand. And the session like, you ain't supposed to have that. And they're like, okay gulp <laughs> so mixed messages right well, there <laughs> no 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 no. and this is me from a, a from a top point of view you know i'm mm. i'm not a not a gunny i'm not a chief i'm not a fucking first sergeant or mass sergeant i'm a, i'm an e6 man I'm a, I'm a first class and i'm a bosun mate and i like to drink beer mm. you know I, I i follow my own rules man when 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 people tell me like it's best not to drink because of depression Mm-hmm. the right man it for for those who and this is this is to silence that double standard i don't give a shit mm-hmm. if you're a fucking whatever oh anything to to e1 it, it it really doesn't fucking bother me man um i had words with an e7 a chief in the navy over the weekend i, I don't care anymore when it comes down to somebody's mental health I'm going to take that stand, man. And that that's where it should. And I know you were young. This was a, a much different time for you before yeah. you knew what mental health was before you knew how much alcohol could affect, affect your life. Cause I'm watching you drink Coca-Cola right now. Yeah. Yeah. Might be drinking that woke cola right now, but <laughs> it, to me, you know, and I'm, I'm having a couple of beers myself, but I, I limit myself on my alcohol because I know yeah. where I stand with it. I know what it does to people. And I want you before before we misinterpret what you're you're saying, mm-hmm. fuck officers, enlisted, all of it, that alcohol can fuck you up, especially yeah. with depression. Yes. Especially with depression, man. I, I've I've finished many of bottles, I've finished many of cans, I've finished many of mason jars. Mm. It doesn't do you any good. No. If you are, go ahead. No, I, I understood that. I, I I understood that. And here, here's, here's the kick in the dick, right? When I went on leave, I let my, a buddy of mine, he was a, he was a corporal. We picked up corporal damn near the same time. And, uh, we'd been friends for years and he was having some issues with, uh, my original battalion and we're on the same base. Uh, he was like, man, I just need to get away for a little bit. I'm like, well, he's like, can I, we were hanging out in my wounded warrior room. I'm like, well, I'm going on leave. Uh, and he's like, can I stay here? I'm like, uh, and I wanted to help this guy out. I'm like, all right, man, go for it. I'm like, just don't leave the room of shit. And well, he, he left the room a mess and he had a bunch of beer and shit. shit. Yeah. He, 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 he liked his beer and, uh, he, uh, we all he, do. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. 
but it it ended up fucking me anyway and it i'm not trying to say this as like excuses or anything but i I shouldn't have let him stay and i shouldn't have done this and that and whatever anyway uh so i get back and uh they uh they make a sign they make everybody sign this shit that says uh if you miss an appointment then they'll process you back to your original battalion then i ended up missing a chiropractor appointment that i don't even remember having and you know i'm i'm all on these narcotic pills and i don't know what the fuck day it is half the time and uh you know definitely definitely felt a little uh, set upish anyway so they they processed me back to my original battalion and then my original battalion who already thought i was a shitbird and didn't deserve to be over there in the first place they uh they processed me for njp they got me with a uh, 96 32 and article 15 <laughs> hey article 15 you ain't a real military personnel unless you at least have one article 15 i'm not saying i'm just saying yeah so and and this is like with like at the shit end of my enlistment right like i was just trying to do my time and get the fuck out it's called the twilight yeah <laughs> like i I was looking at Sif and I was like, oh, you can have my pack, guys. <laughs> I'm going to drop this right here where, where you want it. But let's let's go ahead and reevaluate everything mm-hmm. that's happened here. You know, uh, for all my TikTok listeners, <laughs> I see you. So but for listeners sake, mm-hmm. this is one of my biggest pet peeves about the military. I've reached out to a couple of the tops that are in the mill talk that they call it, the military TikTok, the veteran TikTok, all those things. I've reached out to them, requested that they come onto the podcast, not to debate, not to point fingers, but to say, where is this military going with our mental health? Mm-hmm. I I joined in 02. You joined in 2009. Seven. Yeah. You know, my apologies. That's right. You're seven to 11, 2007, you deployed in 09. You know, there wasn't a big difference as far as mental health. And in today's society uh, of our military, there's not a big jump either. Mm-hmm. But I've heard from a lot of these military people that, yeah, we're, we're making strides. Like what fucking strides are we seeing? Are these guys still being isolated? Are they still, are their evals still getting shit on? Are they still being treated like fucking warts? Are they still being treated like herpes? You know, like they're gone for a little while, but when they show up, it's like, ah, oh, fuck, here they are. Son of a bitch. You know, it's like, this is, this is a continual cycle on until we, you know, really fucking nip it in the ass. It's going to continue to happen mm-hmm. guys like you. And I don't mean to make you sound like you're, you're completely isolated here, but guys who have deployed have had bad issues. And, and I've known a lot of air force guys that I, I served with over on uh, Balad that didn't go outside the wire. They were support. However, we got mortared on a fucking regular basis mm-hmm. and people are like, well, you're air force. So you shouldn't have had to, you get the, the, uh, and it's not always the three, the O 300. It's not always the 11 Bravos. It's not always the guys who are grunts. It's not always the fucking infantry. It's the guys who, you know, sometimes it's fucking civilians. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you're a pogue. Okay. But, I had issues. I dealt with. 
Schwartz-Davidson Law is a Texas-based, veteran-friendly law firm. Credit and debt is a big game, and one rigged for you to lose. The system's designed to keep you in it, spending money and juggling different types of accounts so lenders feel more comfortable lending you money. Worse credit equals worse rates, and there's no shortage of companies trying to collect. Negative reporting is an attempt to collect a debt. So what happens when a debt collector or credit bureau makes a mistake? What happens when they refuse to fix it? That's when it's time to lawyer up with Schwartz-Davidson Law. Call the folks who started in credit restoration, got a law degree, and have been holding the credit bureau's feet to the fire to protect consumers and help you take hold of your financial future instead of letting the anxiety of it run you. How do you get a debt collector to stop calling? Let them know you've got an attorney. How do you get the best deal on a settlement? With an attorney. You don't have to break the bank to fix your credit or deal with debt collectors. Contact the attorneys at Schwartz-Davidson Law for a free consultation and let us go to battle for you. We're here when you need us. There, there's so many people that want to come out of the woodwork now all of a sudden and wear these these type of fucking hats and they wear 511 gear and they want to be the wannabe fucking operators. We call those guys motards. Just say, you don't fucking know. What's that? We call those guys motards. <laughs> the motards. But they, they don't fucking know shit that we went through. You know, I was sitting on uh -oh. this fucking smoke deck inside of a, a housing uh, complex. It's a housing complex. This is also known as a gated community. It's mm -hmm. where the Air Force people lived. I was allowed <laughs> in there. People like you aren't. They're called Marines. No, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed. Because Marines will fuck anything. We know that much. That's true. Wagner, Wagner did love his... Uh... <laughs> I was inside of a housing complex, which is inside of a base, which is inside of a fucking wire, which, I mean... You would expect, expect you're in a good fucking area. We got mortared. Yeah. We still got fucking mortared. We I, right on the smoke pit. I had a fucking mortar go off right by me. We lost one airman because of it. I don't know who the airman was, but I was sitting there fucking smoking. Just know that like the, the shit goes off it's like doom, 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 incoming, incoming, incoming. And I'm like, okay, the MRAPs are going to get it. We'll be fine. All you have to wait to hear is and you don't fucking hear it and a fucking mortar you hear them you know it's mm -hmm. and then the mortar goes off and you're like oh shit we probably should have went for the fucking bunker that's right there it's like 15 feet away from us and we're idiots from that point forward like yeah i'm looking for the fucking mortar i hear somebody whistling loud i'm gonna go get the fucking mortar or uh, the bunker right yeah and it's just Fuck these guys who were sitting there like, oh, well, I'm 0300 infantry. You don't know what the fuck we went through. I don't know what you went through, buddy. You want to talk about it? Yeah. Let's fucking. That's why I started this fucking podcast, man. Yeah. You want to talk about it? Let's fucking talk about it. No, I'm not going to talk about it. Don't fucking talk about it. But don't bother nobody else. Mm -hmm. I'm, o 11, or I'm 11 Bravo. Okay, man. You want to talk about it? No, I'm not going to talk about it. Well, then don't fucking talk about it. That's cool. Whatever. There's guys that fucking. D dealt with shit their whole career their whole lives i had a doc that was on here he didn't deploy but his men did his marines did because he got hurt mm -hmm. and he's been with dealing with survivors guilt for the last however many years yeah you know for 20 fucking years he was just he got in just before 9 11 broke his knee because somebody else was trying to showboat and shit fucking happened man but now since three marines died and they're fucking 
deployment that he couldn't go to, he yeah, sat no. there dealing with survivor's guilt. Yeah. But uh so so we're at we're at the point where I'm I'm back to my original battalion and I, I just got NJP'd and so they they took my rank. So I'm sitting there as a Lance Corporal with like three months left, sitting on restriction in the barracks, having to walk everywhere because that's fun with a busted up back trying to walk everywhere. I finally, I finally get off restriction and everybody is fucking looking sideways at me. It feels like, like I had a few core people that, that knew me, like my entire enlistment that were with me. And, you know, I, I could talk to them and, you know, they didn't think I was a complete piece of shit. I'm feeling like I'm, I'm isolated and, and nobody, nobody wants to give me the time of day. Shit's rough, man. It, it, it was a real rough point in my life. And I'm sorry I, to hear all that, man. Yeah. I finally, I finally get off restriction and I'm able to drive around and it, like the, one of the first fucking things I do, man, I go outside the gate outside of 29 palms. I drive down this dirt road for a fucking couple miles. I, I find this little, uh, hill I'm driving, I'm driving a, a Chrysler Sebring, like off road type shit. And I park up on the side of this hill and, and I got a fucking a knife out. Right. And I, and, and I'm contemplating doing something real fucking stupid. And I, I, I was talking to God. I was like, look, I, I don't know if I'm welcome or not. You know, but it, if you just exist, give me a fucking sign, please. And uh, and from the downhill side of my car, the downhill side, uh, a rock or something hits my vehicle. And I was you like, sound like an MRE, a rock or something. I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. And I was like, all right, you know, that's that's good enough for me. No, I, I, I was looking for an excuse not to fucking do it, you know, I, like, like I was trying to deal with these feelings. I don't understand why I'm feeling this way. Why? And, and, and I, I, I'm not getting any help. I'm not getting any support. And, and it, it just, everything just crashing down. And like, you know, that, that pit of your stomach falling out, feeling just constant. And, and then fucking, I was just, I got that sign or whatever. And I was like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pull my, my bootstraps up and, and try to try to deal. You know, yeah. and then I, I got out and, uh, you know, I, I didn't get like a handshake or anything, you know, thank you for your service. I didn't get a, an exit interview from the CEO. I just fucking left. I was just like, all right, bye guys. See you later. And then as the end of it, man, that's how it ends. That's how it ends. And, uh, I got out and I moved back to Illinois. I lived with my mom for a while. I was kind of laid up on a couch. I finally got a job working at the American Legion uh, as a bartender. It's good stuff. Yeah. I was a bartender for a few years, and then I got a job working security. And then uh, I, I applied for a arm guard position. And it, it would have been, been like a 65 plus K a year job. And I go through, I get hired, I go through everything, I go through the physical, and they look at my uh, medical record, and they're like, nope, you're not hired. I'm like, what? They're like, you're back. You're back. They're like, we can't take that liability. You're back issues. 
fucking that hit hard. I'm like, and at this point I get, I, I, I'm married now. Uh, I, I met my wife at the VFW. <laughs> I'm married. I'm trying to support my family. And, you know, just that news of, of this, this great opportunity, this good pay. And they're like, nope, sorry. Bye. So now I'm, I'm, I'm working at Toyota now and I've been the, the, the biggest things that I do that I deal with, uh, my depression and everything is, is creative outlets. I, I do D and D, you know, I got into D and D and I found that very therapeutic. And you brought that up to me and mm-hmm. you said it's nerdy as fuck. It is nerdy as fuck. Oh I'll yeah. Be honest. D and D is nerdy computer games, nerdy video games. It's nerdy as fuck, but you know what, dude, if it makes you happy, fucking do it. Like I said, I got my buddy Mac 11 Bravo. That dude loves his fucking video games. He loves doing Nerf guns. He wants to be sponsored by Nerf guns. Mm-hmm. There's shit out there that brings you happiness. Fuck what everybody else thinks. Fuck what I think. Fuck what I think. If if I think it's nerdy, fuck me. Yeah. You love it? Do it, man. Make make yourself happy. That's all that matters. Yeah. So uh, I, I've been getting into voice acting, uh, voiceover stuff. Uh, been getting some coaching. I got like a different hobby every week, you know, just trying to find these creative outlets. And uh, I, I love making videos. Uh, I just got done making a video. Uh, pretty much me talking about kind of the stuff we talked about today. Uh, it's up on YouTube now. If you uh, search Marine Artificer, you, you can find it. it. It's about if you if you know anything about anime, it, it, it's about me as a Marine getting uh, waking up in a different world, like a fantasy world. You know, I, I, I wake up and I'm, I find this guy sitting next to me and he's in this cloak. And anyway, it, 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 it starts out funny and then it kind of ends with a little bit of a, from a top stand of view, you know what I mean? I can understand where, what a lot of top did to you. I understand it. I don't say that it's right. It's no, not I, right. I understand for, why they did it for a junior looking up i can understand why you feel the way that you felt those are genuine feelings it makes complete and utter sense to think that somebody just shit completely on you and are trying to get everything together but know that you are loved man you are you are respected i i listen to your story man everything is there and i i cannot wait for you to gl- glow up yeah thank you for sticking to the end of this man i greatly appreciate it and uh we'll be seeing each other yeah hey uh thanks for having me